How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. Several days later. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Is Tom retired in your mind? Do you think he's done it? I mean, he's gone forever, 46 years old. I think he's done forever. I know last year was kind of a false alarm, but I, I think this is it. I mean, he's got a nice job waiting for him at Fox. He's had a lot of changes in his own life. I won't believe it until we get to opening day. Do you think that this indeed is it and it will be retirement that he embraces? I, I do. And the guy looked like he lost weight. I mean, you could just see the stress and the drain in his face. He wasn't having any fun and he's, he doesn't need it. And he's smart enough to, uh, to understand that enough is enough. I wanted to jump on the line and call some conspiracy theorists today because I don't really think that was Tom. I don't know if that was Tom. I mean, right? CGI. I'm, I'm not sure. It looked like a Tom. It smelled like a Tom. But was that really Tom Brady? That? Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 530 till 10 a.m. I'll believe Tom Brady when he either is in the booth and or not on a team in August. On 670, the score. Super content and happy with how I feel and my decision. Let's go. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. That poor guy's miserable. You know, we woke up today. What did I do? <laughs> did I send that video or the other one? <laughs> Why did I let Jim Gray goad me into making this decision now? Tom, do you have a timetable? Why don't you shut the... Leave me alone. in the middle of your yeah. face. Yeah. Oh, uh, Morning, Molly. I've touched on a difficult subject. Happy Groundhog's Day. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was yesterday that felt very familiar, but today is actually Groundhog's Day. So we'll find out what Puxitani Phil finds out and sees within hours, within minutes, maybe. I don't know what time he sees his shadow or not. Yeah. Yesterday felt very familiar because. The, the football eulogies, if you will, the tributes, the, the platitudes, the kind of putting Tom Brady's career in perspective mm. left a feeling of, didn't we just do this yeah. <laughs> about a year ago before in that week that is kind of without a game to look to because next week is really game week? 
that was what we did in February of 2022. And here we are, February 2nd of 2023, doing the same thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's fairly extraordinary, really, when you um, when you think about that fact that we do kind of these things run together in a way that uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, Tom Brady being out of football is one that is just it does represent the end of an era. And it's extraordinary when you look at these young quarterbacks that Tom has played against and you go through the history of the NFL. I believe he's been. Uh, he's been in an eighth of the Super Bowls or something. Is that what it is? It's just extraordinary, um, the, the impact of his career. It is James Joyce's birthday too, David, if you want to celebrate that. I know you're a big Groundhog Day guy. You <laughs> well, it's the just movie? the obvious link to February 2nd. I yeah. know that in if somebody's driving to work right now or getting up and turning on the radio, I'm not sure if they look at the calendar, they think immediately – it's James Joyce's birthday. I think they immediately think it's Groundhog's Day. But okay. I respect yeah. the reference. It is a very solid one. And it's happy birthday to... It's true, too. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a, it is true. I wouldn't make it up. <laughs> no, I, know. I don't you, know what you're implying. You are a student of history, so I think that is... I did not realize that, though. Yeah, I, I always make that, that comparison. It's in the wheelhouse of other important days. Uh-huh. It's an important month. Yeah, you, you, you know you know it. A lot of important people born in the month of February. Yeah, help. <laughs> um, George Hallis, I believe, born on February second. Today is George Hallis. I'm birthday? pretty sure that's accurate. I just remember that it was James Joyce's birthday, and I think it's George Hallis's birthday too. I, I you'd have to look that one up. I may be making a absolute clown of myself here, but um, I for some reason I learned that along the way. But you are correct. Is it really? February 2nd, 1895. Wow. 1895. Huh? 1895. Wow. Wonder, I wonder how slow the internet was in those days. <laughs> you couldn't find out within <laughs> seconds when George Hallis was born, I'm sure. That's right. Or George Hallis's father. No, you wouldn't be able to do that uh, very quickly. But Happy solid birthday, references. Papa Bear. Yes, Papa yeah. Bear's birthday today. Yeah. And it is a day that we will continue to talk about Tom Brady's place in NFL history, Mm -hmm. what that means to the rest of the league in terms of the quarterback openings now that exist in Tampa Bay and elsewhere, San Francisco. That was interesting. A lot going on still in the league in terms of offseason speculation. Again, the one that jumps out at you is Tom has played in 35 playoff games. 35. And that's, that's more than 27 franchises have played in. And the the next closest guy is Joe Montana, who played in 16. So Tom has more than doubled Joe Cool in terms of uh, number of playoff games. And you think about Joe Montana, and you think about him winning Super Bowls and who's the greatest of all time. I mean, that's pretty unbelievable that Tom not only played at the level he played at, not only won the titles he won, but – he did it for that long. It's it's it, you know he's he's putting records away that will never be touched. staggering. Twenty three seasons, just incredible longevity, durability. Really, people don't mention that as often as they should when it comes to Tom Brady because he's achieved so much. He's a consummate winner. The excellence, the accuracy, all those things about the way he played quarterback. But the fact that he 
really never missed time except for that one season when he was knocked out, but injuries didn't keep him off the field. Yeah, He had a way of unloading the ball quickly to avoid that kind of contact, and I marvel at his just consistency in starting games, in staying healthy enough to play consecutive seasons. And so that's the – I think in – I think we've overlooked sometimes when we talk about Brady and his excellence and all the numbers. He was available all the time. Unbelievable. You know what's unbelievable is, you know, he came into the league as a 23-year-old, which you would think most guys come into the But when a guy plays for as long as he played, you got to remember, number one, that he was the 199th player taken, right? That's pretty unbelievable. There's so many weird things about his well, career. Fifth-year senior. Yeah, fifth-year seniors yeah. don't typically uh, make that kind of mark, lasting mark in the NFL because right. they're in such a hurry to get to the league. Everybody wants to draft them. Everybody wants to develop them. Whatever the case may be, that to me is what you know. Stacey Dales alluded to it yesterday when we talked to her, and I think part of the football eulogies, if you will, reflected that Tom Brady's greatness was unquestioned. But I think what the the, the hidden value, what I thought was that he did represent every unpolished quarterback every unathletic quarterback mm. he wasn't a great athlete gave them hope that they could develop into a winning quarterback if they could use their head accuracy intelligence insight all those intangibles mattered more to Tom Brady than I think his overall athleticism because he wasn't that impressive as of an athlete no no and in fact he Probably is in better shape leaving the league than he was coming in, something. if that makes any sense. At 45. Yeah. Exactly. He's probably in better shape, his body in better condition than he was when he was a uh, not very toned 22, 23-year-old rookie, sixth-round draft pick, wondering if he was going to stick around in the league. Yeah. That is remarkable. It's, it's something. I, but, you know, we, we use this in, in terms of the scouting. We're looking at the senior bowl and we're evaluating prospects. You hear it all the time. Well, the arm talent and this and that. You know, Tom Brady, would if he were coming out again, if he were even coming out in, at the prime, how would you evaluate all those things? The measurables weren't impressive. But collectively, yeah. the intangibles made him different. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought I, – Trying to remember if I saw it on television. His dad was interviewed and said that um, that Tom just loved it all. Like that, that, you know, the difference between him and all these other guys is he never found it a burden. All the work and the weeks of it, and the you know, the, all the grab arse and every all the dead time. You know, other people just get bored to tears. Well, he immersed he himself just, in the process. He just loved the whole thing. You had to love it to be as good at it as he was. To last as long. To last that long and to never get to the point where you sense that he was burnt out or wasn't invested. Or wasn't enjoying it. Or wasn't having fun. Yeah. And you know that the one part of him that you you, you do also respect is the, that competitiveness and that, that fire within that you could see flash on occasion he would lose it oh, anybody yeah. that old playing the game for that long you would think would be just easier to like uh oh, i have perspective i'm gonna shrug and you know if he didn't oh he yeah. dropped the pass he, he missed a block me. yeah no he's throwing ipads <laughs> he's getting in people's faces that's right he's 45 that's right. years old and he's throwing a tantrum oh that's awesome stuff uh the bulls play tonight mr david that will be fun to monitor because they play a team they should beat 
<laughs> not necessarily the team they're going to beat. Thanks but for the warning. They should beat, right? <laughs> right. The, uh, the Hornets are now 8-21 and 21 in road games. That would seemingly indicate not that good, not so good. But uh, the Bulls, as we know, are uh, very difficult to judge. They, are, they defy a lot of logic, 13-11 and 11 in their home games this year. Yeah, it's going to be one of those nights that you're looking for some sort of sign again to think that everything's going to be okay. <clears throat> Who knows if we'll find it or not. Difficult week in a difficult season because you got one week from today. Yeah. The trade deadline. We can speculate. We can look around. We can sift through the rumors because they're beginning to come uh, not only about the Bulls, but trades that are about to be made. So tonight they get an opportunity to at least get back on the right track. And the NBA and its infinite wisdom has yet again announced that DeMar DeRozan did indeed get fouled by Reggie Jackson with 38 seconds left in uh, in the game, and uh, they should have been awarded two free throws. Okay. They, they could have lost by a point. How many times has that happened now? It's like four. It, in this last five? month, it seems like it's happened yeah. three times. I, I wish that they would ban that. We continue to repeat that. Yeah. It is really a useless bit of information because right. it doesn't accomplish anything except for make you think uh, we had this big discussion about the officiating in the NFL. Yeah. Well, every time this happens, you wonder about the refereeing in the NBA mm. down yeah. the stretch. Yeah. That did that make the bulls lose the game? No. no. DeMar DeRozan had eight turnovers. Yeah. What's the two minute report say about that? No Gouda. The 48-minute report says no Gouda. That's right. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah, it, it, listen, it's not good, and uh, I'm so tired of hearing that. It, it, there really might be, as you say, there's nothing that can be done for it. I, I mean, I, I get it. You can say at the end of the year, well, you know, in reality, we're five games better than you think we are because <laughs> the, we're not. Is that the tiebreaker? That's not the tiebreaker. Is tie that part of the tiebreaker? How many times? Whatever the last the uh, two-minute report says. Exactly. How often were you wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, have the, yeah. we have the edge over the Hawks because of that. Right. No, yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's the number of times jobbed in the two, as revealed by the two-minute report. I, I know that we have, uh, as a show, maybe collectively vowed that we weren't going to mention the what-ifs as relates to Lonzo Ball. Uh-huh. But we're not related to him. So I guess that we can say that. But when we heard from LeVar yesterday. Haven't heard from him in five minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying, for comparatively. He was on the Give Me the Hot Sauce yeah. podcast he with Stacey King. He used to be King. omnipresent. I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> and here's what he had to say. And then when he got hurt and we went in the second half of the season without him, you could tell a huge gaping hole was left there because not only does he set the tempo and he, you know, he takes pressure off everybody else. He gets the ball to the people in the right position. Guys come off screens. The ball is delivered at the right time in the right place. And all they got to do is shoot it. Man, because I saw a play the other day. uh, Chicago threw the ball on the side, but he threw the ball in the direction of Zach and DeMar at the same time. And both of them went for the ball. And lost. And I said, you know what? What y'all don't understand about Lonzo is his his gift is not scoring points. His gift is not assists. His gift is he make everybody around him better, regardless. That's his gift. Win or lose, he's gonna make everybody better around him. That's what people don't get. They stuck on he needs to score more. He needs to do this. He needs, no, 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 no. Hey, when he played with Zach and and and, and DeMar, they, they was considering DeMar MVP of the league. 
There you go. That's uh, that's LeVar Ball. Just for clarification, he was referring to that out-of-bounds play yes. that we were that, breaking down yesterday. That Alex Caruso ruined by inboning. So did he just bust toss Alex Caruso indirectly? Or no. maybe it was directly? No, no. I think he rolled the bus over okay. him, and then he backed it up. <laughs> just this is a punch to the gut. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Chuck. It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, you can't – listen, you could look at it that way if you choose. I think that, that – um, that Lonzo Ball is like a seriously good basketball player who controls tempo, who controls – he controls a lot of the game, and frankly, he does make players better. I don't know that he can turn someone into an MVP if they aren't already uh, capable of that, but he he definitely is missed on this team, and they would be significantly better. And now, I don't, I don't throw – uh, Alex Caruso under the bus for the inbounds pass. He was trying to get the ball inbounds, and no one was moving for him. Yeah, I don't and blame finally, that on him. Yeah, I don't blame, I, him I don't blame that on him. I do think he makes some good points about Lonzo being the missing piece to this team this season, last year, why they hit the plateau they did sure. in the playoffs. All those things are true and were true when they signed him to the contract they signed him to with that expectation. He doesn't have to score to be an impactful player for the Bulls, the way that he played defense and set the tone there, the way that he controlled and organized the offense is something they badly miss. So I think on that point, LeVar Ball was exactly right. And looking at it from a basketball perspective, his points were well taken. Lonzo Ball is missed. The problem with acknowledging that and, and continuing to talk about that is that he's not coming back anytime soon. No. And no. nothing that, that his dad said it, it suggested that the reports from the previous day about getting six different medical opinions that nobody could understand what was wrong, the fact that he still feels pain in that knee, which is mysterious, nothing you heard from the, from the father made you feel any better about the return of the son. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. No shadow of a doubt in terms of the, uh, any of that. Um, and just to, to close the loop on the birthdays we talked about, Shakira, 46 today. Oh! Her ex-husband, the, the Spanish footballer, he's still 30-something, isn't he? Gerard Piquet, yeah. turns 36 today. They share a birthday. Really? Is that not weird? Yeah. How awful would it be it's to weird. share a birthday with your wife? That lying piece of... What? Not Shakira. The no, husband! No. Oh, Gerard he stepped Piquet. out, didn't he? Who knows? I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> you had, you know her birthday. Who knows what figured, love happens between I, two people? Okay. Who knows? All right. I'm just saying <laughs> that 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 would be awkward to share a birthday with your missus, wouldn't it? I mean, that seems unfair. No, that would be kind of romantic. It would be kind of nice. Yeah, kind of to celebrate be, to be ten years younger. Than well, your... I don't know about ten years younger, but I think that if you have the same birthday, number one, you're never going to forget your wife's birthday. Well, that's good. Okay, that's a good one. So, and secondly, what better way to celebrate than to celebrate each other at the same oh, dinner? Oh, that is beautiful. That is some beautiful <laughs> stuff. Uh, I just think it would be more like you know, the kids like her more clearly. Why wouldn't they? That's their mom. And then you'd just be like the guy that, you know, would be kind of, hey, don't forget about me. Uh, we spent all the money on mom. I like Shakira. Do you really? Shakira, Shakira, yeah. Yeah. 
I like. She was on one of those musical shows as a judge. Oh, right? really? She was on The Voice, wasn't she, Dustin? I think she was on The Voice. Does that reveal kind of whether you're a kind person or not? No, I think you see more of the personality, kind of the guard down when they have more of these moments where it's easier to judge them rather than just on stage performing when you get that glimpse of five minutes at a time. She was real. I liked Shakira. Dustin's a big Shakira. It kind of reveals what you're watching when you're supposed to be watching sports. You're watching The Voice. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm busted. America's yeah, Got Talent or Dancing with the Stars. Just out of curiosity, American when Idol. you... When you watch that stuff, yeah. do you just like do you kind of envision yourself as the guy being judged? Like, boy, I could really belt. Oh, out. you know, like if I could sing and I was on stage, you know that I would be belting out some country song, and everybody I, uh, would I, like to I maybe. I saw you perform uh, a uh, a little song one time. I saw you perform a little song no, one time. I saw you singing "Sexual Healing." I, saw, I told that and, story. And, in, in Macomb. No, it was Macomb, Illinois. My son had never heard that story. Oh, jeez. Uh, he must have been horrified. What were you was doing in Macomb? The Bears were playing the Rams. The they Rams were practicing with practice. the Rams. The yeah. Bears, yeah. The, when they used to right. travel around, they had a practice yeah. training camp in Macomb. In Macomb, the Illinois. Which was, have you ever been there? No. Just drive as far as you possibly could, and then once civilization ends, there it is. Fifty-seven cornfields west. Was, it was so far oh away. Oh my gosh! And there was literally no way to get there. I was on these country roads. I I didn't see I, humans for. I grew up in rural Indiana, hours. and I felt like I was out in the country in yeah. Macomb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't. So, I didn't grow up in in, uh, in rural I Indiana, and, and I felt like I was. So what did you, what, I what did I was Mully at the do? End of the word. He 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 decided to. To, he was lost, but we, he was found. He found himself at a karaoke bar on a Wednesday night in Macomb. Yes. And we shared a microphone for the first time on that night. We did. We sang a song together. We did. Sexual healing? Yes, it was. I'm a huge Marvin guy. Together? And I yes, once, we did. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Gosh, <laughs> who, who, did, did we, were there cell phones with video recorders? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. We were having fun. I we, mean, we, we had were, a good time. You were having a good time. I don't remember how that song was chosen. I think I it was you. I don't know who I, started first, but I, I'm, I'm sure it was you. I did win a karaoke contest in Miami one time singing that very song. See, I, I think I was in better voice. You were the dominant voice there because I was just trying to. I was just trying to keep up. I was the Marvin fan. You were the two of us. I. You know that I would probably not pick that one at that time point in time. Well, I know now. Year, I know a lot more. That sounds that like a podcast, point. by the way. Like yeah. Molly, Molly. Po- singing songs with various people from the sports no, media no, and the sporting world like a, yeah. and inviting you know what's that one that what's that one James like... Corbin where they're like singing yeah. in a car, car yeah. so they like Carpool singing singing karaoke. singing you know what that podcast like, Dustin, podcast karaoke that, with that Molly. sounds like yeah that sounds like a podcast no one should listen to let alone put it on Twitch to. yeah that sounds that sounds like a night that's, at a bar yeah, when a you're trying to kill some time. Exactly. That's all that was. Yeah, that's you're that's in the middle make more of nowhere than it was. having a beer. Yeah. That's all that is. That's not podcastable. But, but some of those guys were deadly serious, man. Oh, my God. It was very funny. It was like there were a whole group of people who had gone there to perform. To perform. And it was But I think a lot funny. of people do that on karaoke nights. They go there. This is their moment. They want to, you know, you never know who could be listening. And they yeah. also like that aspect of the I love singing kind of a drag. I've been singing it for 42 years. Really? Uh, you think anyone else We should do that, that again. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Nah, that was that was uh, I'm surprised was, you brought it up. 
I didn't. I just I th- I just thought it was amusing that you actually once sang that song at a karaoke. Night. It is kind That's of amusing all. to think about. My my son got a kick out of it. Yeah, like, he must have been very confused. Wait, they were all out of Kenny Chesney. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've got. Uh, we're going to pick apart the stories of the day. We've got the pick six. We're going to do that next. Molly and Han the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. How about the Athletics MLB staff ranking the White Sox offseason as an F? Only the Colorado Rockies with a D were also under the four teams with a C-. What's not to like about the White Sox offseason? The Cubs were given the grade of a B. (laughs) That is so mean. The Sox are the only team in baseball with an F. And uh, Colorado is the closest to their F. What did Colorado do? Uh, maybe that's the point. I, look, I, I um, the Sox, I guess, had a bad off season, right? I don't think there's, you know, I think if you looked at kind of what they had, uh, what they were looking for going into it, they did so much in the off season. They hired a new manager. They got rid of the manager. It, you know, some horrible things happened in the off season. Um, you know, the, the, it's no one's fault that someone gets cancer. I mean, good God, that's that was horrific. And you just, you know, hope Liam Hendricks is okay and that, that uh, that's going all right, and obviously uh, determining such things early very important. Um, but yeah, I get it. They like they didn't really fill every need. They uh, 
the the Clevenger thing kind of blew up on them. Um, I, I I mean I don't know. I I thought that um, I thought the move they made to get a left fielder Andrew Benatendi helps them, and it gets a guy out of left field. And we found out he's not really willing to leave the outfield. So I, you know I I think there's there were a lot of ups and downs for the White Sox in the offseason. An F seems harsh. Just seems a little harsh. And the Cubs definitely, you spend the kind of money they spend, they deserve a B. Can we get a sweetener? I mean, is, is the pitcher Clevenger part of this? Is what's going on off the field part of this? Or gotta is this strict? Right? Well, I'm asking. Gotta be. gotta be. Yeah. How do you not? How, so I mean, that's I, the fail. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, my point is, if that's not part of it, then I think the grade, believe it or not, and I didn't create the, the list, by the way, it's not my grade. I think it's unfair. Hmm. I mean, because I think I think Ben Attendi is a really good signing for them. I, I think that really was a, a good signing, well, a smart sign. But I'm saying without knowing exactly what you, you can't you can't give an organization an F because Liam Hendricks got cancer. But, like, but, they can't be part of this, but can it? Well, I mean, you know, Abreu doesn't just leave. He signs a $60 million contract someplace, right? So I'm sure... And you never replaced him. And you didn't replace him. Well, you I mean, you had but, well, you, but I think yes. they thought... Well, but if any, that's another whole leg of this. I mean, what does that say what they think about Andrew Vaughn? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, because well, you exactly. did, because you were, already there, we, I think we all agreed that He's Andrew Vaughn was not playing enough. And when yeah. he was playing, he was playing a different spot. spot all the time. And now he's going to get a, a real legitimate spot to play yeah. 150 games somewhere. And they're giving it. I mean, I, maybe I, I want to know what the well, criteria it's maybe is more about Oscar Colas being the maybe. answer. Maybe, you know, whether Lenin Sosa or whomever it is. Who is the answer at second base? They didn't go get one, right? Backup catcher. I think there's a lot of holes that still remain from when the season began, offseason. Well, I get it because what the White Sox did in the offseason was after going out and getting one of the best value signings on the market in Andrew Benintendi, five years, $75 million. Yes, that is a smart signing, intelligent spending. But then they invited and paid for a $12 million distraction. And they paid for Mike Clevenger and all that came with that. That, to me, represents a, a failed offseason because now everything you do in spring training revolves around how you handle this situation that you created for yourself. He created it for you, but you went out and signed him unaware of what you were signing and who you were bringing into your organization. Doesn't help that the Dodgers yesterday had a nice little news conference where they're Stan Kasten pointed out that they were unanimous in their opinion in the Dodgers front office to move on from Trevor Bauer. Similar situation, cost him $22 million. They didn't blink. They discussed it. They didn't waver. So the White Sox have a mess on their hands, and they made the mess for themselves. That's why they got an F. Plus, by the way, comma, they didn't address catcher, second base, and they're relying on a rookie in Oscar Colas in right field. So it is incomplete, and you can say it's incomplete, or you can say it's a fail, and they, the Athletics said that it was a fail. As for the Cubs, yeah, a B is good. Sneaky good offseason, $300 million in investments. That's intelligent spending. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. 
The Bears added John Hope to their defensive staff because, of course, you can never have enough Mac-influenced wisdom in your football organization. But if Hoke <laughs> is the biggest addition or change on Matt Eberflus's coaching staff after a 14-loss season, is that enough? Is that the kind of continuity the Bears should embrace? Well, two different questions here. Number one, if you lose 14 games, I would think there would be more shakeups to your staff. Although, if they like the culture, they're going to resist that. Um, maybe they're not done yet. Luke Getty's in place. Alan Williams didn't do anything except for have a bad defense and bad talent. So he represented them well. So maybe they are going to stand pat. But you know I'm going to love the John Hoke hire. John Hoke is a former Ball State defensive back. He played for the Bears in 1980. He was on the staff. Levy Smith brought him here in 2009. He was part of that NFC, uh, the team that played for the NFC Championship in 2010. And he's been around for a long time. Coming back, and yeah, I do like the wisdom that it represents. Another Mac guy added to the mix. You know I'm going to like that. But more This is Maxion! Thank you. Thank you. More importantly, the strength of this Bears defense is its secondary. And you have somebody coming in now that can make sure that they maximize the potential and those guys can reach it. I think it's good for Kyler Gordon. I think it's great for Jaquan Brisker. It's going to be good for Jalen Johnson, even Eddie Jackson. This is a secondary that's, that just got smarter because of the experience they're adding to that meeting room. So, yeah, I love this move, but you knew that was the most predictable thing I'm going to, you know, you, you were going to talk about today. But when you talk about the consistency, if that continuity, they had a coach leave. I mean, that the reason that, that John Hoke is here now is because they had a guy from the staff walk away to go to his alma mater, creating an opening. This wasn't the Bears saying, we need to coach better, we need to do better, we need to defend better. This was, there was an opening, we got a guy. They had an opening, they filled it. So it is weird that you would lose 14 games and not change basically anything. A couple other guys got elevated or got new responsibilities. But if they lose double digits next year, I think there'll be some changes. Yeah, I you know I I um I got a lot of time for John Hoke. I think he's a really good coach, and uh, and he will bring some uh, some honed in the Mac action to uh, to the Bears, and that's a good thing. I um I think it's interesting. So I I just was wondering what happened with Chris Harris, right? Like they had talked about Chris Harris, and they're supposed. I guess he's interviewing for the uh, the the defensive coordinator position in San Francisco. So they're they're apparently still going to interview Vic Fangio, who there was a report that Vic Fangio is the now the highest paid assistant a coordinator in the entire NFL down in Miami, but apparently he hasn't taken that job yet. Right. So he's still interviewing at a couple other places, one of which is a return to San Francisco. That would be an unbelievable coup. Um, the, uh, Steve Wilkes also interviewing for that job, and Chris Harris being brought in to interview for that job. D'Amico Ryan's left to become the Houston head coach. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm Chris Harris that I wouldn't jump at a passing game coordinator position, but I suppose if I felt like I had a chance to be a coordinator that, that's a and good I like my job, yeah. That's a great job. 
Uh, that that's a job that gets him into in head coaching position. Yeah, you you, you you were the coordinator of that defense. But but I mean, are you going to get it? Are you going to get that job ahead of Steve Wilkes or ahead of Vic Fangio? No, but you might get that job if Steve Wilkes goes somewhere else and, or and Vic, Vic Fangio is, stays with the Dolphins. Right. Like some reports out of Miami are saying, yeah, he's going to flirt with that idea, but they're going to do everything they can to keep him there. Right. We'll see. Highest paid coordinator in the league. Pretty good stuff. That's yeah. There's a lot of questions there. So. How about the mock draft from the 33rd team, which has three quarterbacks selected in the first five picks? We're predicting the Bears will select Jalen Carter number one because nobody is willing to meet Ryan Poles' demands for that top spot. How should Poles handle moving the top pick? Well, that's a really interesting idea. I, I thought it was fascinating to to read that, and Dustin sent that out yesterday. So thank you for that, Dustin. They, they put their... Uh, they put their first mock out there. Um, you know, they've got different people working on stuff. So th- for this particular group, it was their first mock. And a lot of times people won't go with, uh, with different um, uh, trades, et cetera. But what was different here is that they felt that, uh, that, that uh, the Bears were going to be asking too much. Ryan Poles wanted too much, and he was going to scare off teams. And they were going to, while you have three quarterbacks going in the top five, Teams were going to be patient. I think there was a trade down for like the third or fourth uh, pick, but not at number one. Colts moved up to three. That's what it was, and uh, and I, you know, I think that that's that's worrisome. You know, you got to make sure that you understand the value of what you're trading, and you got to make sure that you're not scaring anyone off, and you're not, you know, y- your job right now is open for business, willing to talk interested in whatever you have to say it's not here are the parameters of any trade i've got to get more you got to sweeten that deal before we even know what that deal is so i think you just i think you slow play it basically i think you want to you want to find out who wants the pick you want to find out how much they want it and uh and you want to say hey listen we should we should definitely keep in touch let's keep the let's keep the lines open let's talk about this you know you remember when the bears when Peter King was in the draft room and the Bears were looking to trade up for Mitch Trubisky and they were saying, they, they said in the draft room, keep them on the line, keep them on the line. Okay, let, let's let's keep this one on the hook and we'll see what else we have and make them feel like we have something else. There's a way to play this and you got to play it. You got to keep them on the line. You got to try to shop it around and let them know you're open to a deal, but don't scare them off. Well, this is not the news that I think any Bears fans wanted to wake up to if they didn't see this yesterday and they're and they're hearing it now as they get ready for work or in their cars commuting to work. I mean, if three quarterbacks go in the first five picks and the Bears aren't able to get anything for that, that's a disaster. And, and if that's the case, I think we go back to, Molly, refresh my memory, or David, wasn't it Pat Manley that suggested take the quarterback it was Pat yes. Manley and, and let let okay I, I I almost wonder because then you have a chip for the future I, I'm just saying like wow that would be an absolute disaster and it doesn't help David you submitted a question that we're not using right now but we're going to get to audio later from Albert Breer it doesn't help when like the the talking heads out there are saying the Bears are all in on Justin Fields that that's not the message they want out there why not well, because because it, it's not exactly be, because it calls surrounding because, that question. because it calls the bluff. Remember, you're not, we thought you're it not was kidding very, anybody. You're not kidding anybody. Well, didn't we think it was very important that 
everything was on the table that Ryan Poles, when he made, when they when they had the press conference, that everything's on the table. We've made no decisions. We're going to look at every option. We're going to scout all the quarterbacks. We're going to do our due diligence. Right. If you're saying it's Justin Fields or bust, then I understand why the 33rd team is is saying what they're saying. Well, I think though the fear in getting having somebody else take the quarterback that you want is going to be enough of motivation or to compel another team to move up to draft or to make a deal with the Bears. Well, that's what you have to hope. This is a good reminder. This is good to come out on February 1st or 2nd. This is something that Ryan Poles cannot forget and needs. Let's do this again in a month, and then let's, let's do it again in another month. Let's remind him that there is no guarantee that a team is going to make a deal with you at number one, so you do want to... Keep that in mind. It's not to draft a quarterback. That would be lunacy to draft a quarterback and keep Justin Fields. And I, I don't know why you would want to do that. This is a good reminder. Three quarterbacks will go in the top five, I think. I'm surprised at this one that Bryce Young is the third quarterback that right. in, the, in this scenario. It just shows you the difference in opinions from a lot of former executives and coaches. But you are Ryan Poles, and you have that number one overall pick. You want to, You want to sit there. And let it multiply like loaves and fish. You want to make that into players. You have to have multiple guys. You have that one pick. You need bodies. You can't have one pick in the top 50. You cannot. You need multiple players, whether it's uh, a second and a third and a future first. Whatever the case may be, you'd like to have a future first. But you need more than just one player from that pick. Can I ask one quick question, David? Do you need one quarterback that everyone is after? Do, Do you need one of those quarterbacks to emerge as the number one guy so that everybody is interested in making sure they get one guy. If indeed the quarterbacks are out of whack in the way you say, isn't that doesn't that make it harder for the Bears to trade? Either Bryce Young has to assert himself as the guy, which we think he is now, or there's got to be a creation of a guy who we yeah. think is going to be the guy. Whatever the case may be, you're right. If you have one clear-cut number one quarterback – it's easier for teams to convince themselves it's worth giving up the draft capital to go up to that number one spot to take them. So that's always the question. Uh, what did you make of Kyle Shanahan' response when asked yesterday about the possibility of re-signing, and I'm quoting here, local guy made good, Jimmy Garoppolo? He won't say it. I can't say it. I tried to get him to say it. I know it's uh, six sixteen, but I, I've been awake since two thirty, so I'm not uh, I'm not sleep deprived anymore. Were you surprised Shanahan shot down the possibility so vehemently? No, I don't see any scenario of that. (laughs) I I don't either. I give Kyle Shanahan credit. Removing any doubt, not playing any games, moving on. It's time to move on for everybody. It's time to move on out there. If they go to another veteran option instead of Brock Purdy, who will be recovering, instead of Trey Lance, who will also be recovering, (laughs) Instead of two guys coming off of injuries, if you're going to a veteran, it won't be Jimmy G. That's played out. They can't trust him to stay healthy. Has nothing to do with his personality. It has nothing to do with his ability. It has to do with his availability. And you're not going to get the 49ers to fall for that uh, again. They have been fooled too often with Jimmy Garoppolo and the talent and the potential. So, no, I think that Kyle Shanahan has every right and John Lynch to move on and to make that very clear as they did yesterday.
I'm not quite ready to call him a stud, but I'm 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 definitely on team Kyle Shanahan as opposed to uh, team Jimmy G. I'll I'll take it that far. I mean Brock Purdy, it is a cheaper, as good of an option as Jimmy G. And David, you said it's not his personality and it's not his ability. I I really have to disagree with you there. The other thing when you watch that game. You know who was in a bad mood the whole game, who had a bad look on his face the whole time? Kyle Shanahan. To uh, On the other side of it, you know who had a big old white teeth grin the whole time, every time you saw him, and it was multiple times during that Fox broadcast? Jimmy G. Got the earpiece yeah, he in. Was, he was smiling. He's smiling. And he was having fun on the sidelines. He's standing yep. there. Definitely, it's true. And, and that's just not the kind of guy you want around your organization. A popular teammate that, that guys would go t- – to, to, the to, math, what, they to defend yeah. he's a popular teammate I, I, I really i i really i'm really curious where he's going to end up i i really am curious where he ends up next year well i i think first of all he's local guy made good that is true um he is a guy that has made a ton of money and That's done true. Ver- and done very well for himself and his chosen profession and he's from chicago so god bless him um availability is by far the answer and that's why the coach wouldn't even entertain it when he was asked specifically well what about jimmy is there a chance he could come back no no i don't see that scenario. i don't see that he basically said i don't see any scenario of that no scenario of it in other words not even on some next to nothing earn it type there's not a chance that they would entertain that because the guy has not been available for the majority of the time that they that they got him and paid him, and they had success when he played. And I don't know that that was necessarily uh, success of, of his making, but the team around him and the way that he fit into what they were doing. So it's very interesting to me that the coach just dismissed that idea flat out. We've tried that, and that's not the one. Uh, but that is the case, that, that uh, they don't want anything to do with him for, because he was not available to him. Well, no, that's a good question. In Wednesday's most predictable development, the NBA's last two-minute report admitted referees erred in not calling Reggie Jackson for a foul on DeMar DeRozan's drive with 40 seconds left That with the Bulls down one. How does that make you feel? Does that make the loss any easier to stomach? No, it's uh, it, it might make it worse, frankly, because then you... You know, they still would have lost by a point, but then might that have happened and might this have happened and might that have happened. I'm so... I'm physically sick of of hearing this uh, the two minute report. I just you don't have to tell me. I watch the game. I see everything that's going on, and um, and I don't believe you know maybe uh, maybe Zach gets that ball inbounds. Maybe he only has to hit a two pointer, and he's good at that, right? Even in situations where you need to take a three. Um, yeah, I I mean no, I I there is maybe maybe we are going to have to ban it on our show. Because it just gives me a bad stomach, the whole damn thing. Well, as Chuck said, gut punch, right? Another another punch to the gut. That'll give you a bad <gasps> stomach. Don't put these referees in the Hall of Fame either, Chuck. Don't do not do it, okay? <laughs> Let, let's not do that. The other part, I believe, of that two-minute report was that the Bulls should have been called for five seconds on that inbound play. That, you think? Uh, LeVar Ball that mentioned te- on that, the... That 10-second inbound play? Right, that LeVar Ball... <laughs> You're going for, full Le- LeVar Ball on us here. Well, no, I'm just... I thought you made an excellent point, David. Like, you know, did I just hear... Did, I just want to be sure I heard what I heard from the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, that LeVar Ball basically 
ran over Alex Caruso and then backed up the bus That's and it. ran him over again. Yeah. Caruso stumbled up and then the door knocked him over. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I, I don't know what the point of the two-minute report is for us. I, I'm surprised that it's made of it. I think it's valuable to the teams for scouting and preparation, but I don't know why we are privy to that. It, it serves no purpose other than the next time you watch the the team you're following, which in this case is the Bulls tonight, you doubt every call that's made. And you doubt that even more so in the final two minutes because you know that they're not doing their job to the level they should be doing their job. And what happens the next day is an exercise in accountability in theory, but in reality, all it makes you do is question everything. And it makes the frustration even more palpable. This was, I'm sick of these two-minute reports. I'm tired of thinking that, it, but it also does is it slowly convinces you or some people that, well, the only reason the Bulls are struggling to this extent is because the refs don't give them a break down the stretch. No, this misleads people into thinking had they gotten that call, they would have won that game. Chances are that was a false premise. DeMar DeRozan had eight turnovers. As much as anything, that led to the loss as much as this missed call. All it does is make you question everything. You don't need LeVar Ball to tell us that they blew the inbounds play. I like the candor. I like his support of his son. But all of it's related to this whole idea that the Bulls can't execute down the stretch. The refereeing's not helping, but I don't need to be reminded what? every time they fail. What if he came out and said, my son could never have gotten that ball inbounds? <laughs> and you'd have something. Because he's never healthy enough to play. To answer your last question, that's the voice of Casey Johnson. He'll be here eight twenty-five with the Mully and Haw show. What is your thinking on Patrick Williams if a potential Bulls trade partner wants to start any conversation by addressing what it would take to get P. Will? Is he expandable? Is he expendable? On, expendable. Is he expendable? He's probably expandable too. <laughs> or is that too big of a risk given how he might thrive once he has to in the absence of any of the big three? Is he still growing? The growth spurt? He's, he's 19, expandable? right? Or is yeah, he 20? He's 21. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought about this yesterday after we talked about it, and I was way too quick to say, ah, take Patrick Williams. Go ahead. Trade him. I think he would be one of your last guys on a list of tradable commodities. I don't think you're going to be able to trade Zach Levine. I don't think that anybody wants that contract. Maybe you can convince Mark Cuban if that's the case, perhaps in Dallas. But I just don't know that you get rid of 21-year-old athletic fourth overall picks. And I'm more curious on how Patrick Williams would respond if he has to respond. If there is no DeMar DeRozan to bail people out. If there is no Vooch in the middle to clog things up. If you trade one of those two guys and then you say, Patrick Williams, you need to rebound and defend now. Hey, you need to score now. Hey, there's nobody taking those shots, so you need to take more. I guess I'm more curious, and I think that would be better for the Bulls to keep him unless they get a deal they can't refuse. Keep him, develop him, and see how he responds to having less talent overall, but you might get more out of him as a result. David, there are no untouchables on this team. The Bulls should be completely open for business. Patrick Williams can stand around in the corner and put his arm in the air. Ooh, 
That's not a basketball move. Okay, that's not I've, I've, a basketball I mean, move. If he aggressively put his hand in the air, that might be more than we see from him currently. He might be waving his arm because he expanded. You know what I mean? Um, listen, I, I might sign up to drive with Uber. And whoever they decide to trade, I will happily drive them to O'Hare or Midway and let them get on the plane to their new destination. Okay, This team is a mess, and there is nobody on this team, nobody on this team that is not tradable. Okay, Even Alex Caruso. Yeah, P-Will, as, uh, as we call him, a hip crowd, is, uh, I am a um, <laughs> is 21 years old. That is what he has going for him than a lot of players on this Bulls team do not. And that would be, you know, 10 to 12 years of sticking around in the NBA for a long time, right? I mean, that's a long time. He is just at the start of his career. I know he's been here a while. I know we want more from him. I know he was a highly selected player. But the reason teams would be interested in him is because of untapped potential. And you would you would hate to see them trade a guy who then would would uh, somehow uh, flourish in another spot. I agree with everything this panel has said. I don't think there is anyone that is uh, that is available, uh, not available. I think everyone is tradable. I think that if if that's the best you could do, then go ahead. But I think that there are I would prefer seeing other players move than Patrick Williams. I just don't know that he has anything other than possibility, and I don't know what the possibility is yet. And I don't think Dustin would be able to take Alex Caruso to the airport because I think LeVar Ball would also already be driving. <laughs> All right. 312-644-6767. We got the extra point next. It's Mully and Hawn, the score. Undefeated. Never lost. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. After a day of reacting to Tom Brady retiring on a beach somewhere in Florida on an impromptu selfie video, can we mostly agree he's still the greatest of all time when it comes to the all-time NFL greats at quarterbacks? Yes? Can we agree to that? If so, is Patrick Mahomes in the top five, or who is your top five? I think Patrick Mahomes is on his way to the top five. I don't know if after five years in the NFL you can put him there yet. I saw it suggested that if he were to retire after the Super Bowl for whatever reason, injury or otherwise, that he would be immediately a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, perhaps, maybe. But I think he's on his way there. He could he could be one of those guys that's in your in anyone's top five all-time quarterbacks and the way that things are trending. That's not hard to imagine. But I think Brady is clearly at the top of the list. You gotta go Montana. You got to go Peyton Manning. I think the fourth one for going way back might be a Johnny Unitas. Um, and then the fifth one could be, take a pick, you know, it could be Mahomes. It could be, some people might think Favre, Marino, Favre, Raj, Favre being Rogers. top five of, of guys taking money from state. Well, I don't, I don't think that's the question. I, I don't think we're evaluating character here or – Guys who have been in, are likely to be indicted. I don't think that we're going to go the full. That would be a very. We should do that list one day. That would be. 
a fun <laughs> list of former quarterbacks oh, most likely boy. to be indicted. Uh, but I think the fifth one, Aaron Rodgers, is. you look at his MVPs, he hasn't gotten the Super Bowl success, but his numbers are going to be very difficult to ignore. I, I, the fifth one is more ar- ar- argumentative. Uh, Drew Brees could make a stake, a stake a claim there. But the first four to me are pretty well-established right now. Brady, Montana, Manning, Unitas. I mean, you didn't, you know, I, I can't, I'll add, you know, John Elway. Yeah. Brett, Brett, that's, Brett, that's, that's Brett, a good, Brett Favre, that's a good I know, name. as a Bears fan, it's What hard. about Dan Marino? You know, Dan guess, Marino's yeah, on my piece Marino of paper. In, in the fifth you know, spot. Steve yeah. Young, even, okay, like, yeah. well. Otto Graham? I mean, Otto Graham, about the go way back. Yeah. Otto Graham makes a good argument. And I just think part of it for at least this Bears fan is just knowing what we thought and what got confirmed the other day on the Parkinson Spiegel show, right? Like, it, it hurts when you knew he could be a Bear. And I know that we need to move past that, but not right now. Not this second. It's still too early. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that, at least through the Super Bowl. If he were a Bear, we wouldn't be talking about him as one of the potential top five all-time quarterbacks at this point of his would, career. Would he have I been, and that's that. a whole other question, right? Like, w- w- would he have been ruined here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, look, I, Tom Brady is, stands alone because of the the longevity, the number of Super Bowls, the number of playoff victories, um, and, and and you know, kind of the eras that he kind of went through. Right, it, the, the, more of a modern NFL type thing. I mean, I I don't know how good Sammy Ball was. Right, I I have no idea. I've heard the name. I have no idea. What, uh, how you would rank a guy like that? I mean, Otto Graham. I we mentioned him, uh, Johnny Unitas. Even I don't know much about. Right. So, I think it's not just the fact that uh, that Tom won so much, but that he played so long and and all of the the elements of it. So, you know, I I I just think that's a really subjective list. But he would be on top of it ahead of Joe Montana. And as we mentioned earlier in the program the fact is that he has twice as more than twice as many playoff wins than Montana had and you think about you know him and their success and Bill Walsh and the advent of the of the uh, West Coast offense all that stuff it's just it's pretty extraordinary Um, but Patrick Mahomes is really one hell of a football player a really good football player who is definitely on a Hall of Fame track, and um, and and you know, if his career is tragically cut short, if, if uh, something were to happen, some injury, whatever it might be, um, I think he's done quite a bit. He's been to—is this his third Super Bowl? And uh, if he can win a second one, it's you know that is beyond at twenty-seven com- comprehension. Yeah, at twenty-seven years old, and you know you think about Andy Reid at the. Uh, at the tender age of 64, um, you know, Andy, when you see like Sean Payton traded for, would you trade for a guy like Andy? Probably not because of his age. How many years would you be getting out no. of him? And so you look at him and he's had this incredible run at two different places, but he never won a Super Bowl until he had Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes has, has defied everything. He's done just an incredible uh, job of keeping that team great. And I think his greatest achievement thus far is maybe losing Tyreek Hill and not missing a beat. It's the perfect football marriage. And because it is so ideal, 
That's why I do think that had he come to Chicago playing out the Patrick Mahomes senior scenario, yeah. I don't think he would be on this Hall of Fame track. I do. I think there's there's great talent, and it would have been obvious, and he would have elevated the play of people around him. But I do also look at who was coaching him at the time, the transition, and who came next, and what the infrastructure was and what wasn't there. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have had the kind of success that would have stamped him as an automatic Hall of Famer in his first five years had he come to the Bears. Well, that's interesting because I think that they would have eventually like hired – I mean, who knows what would have happened if Matt Nagy came here and had Patrick Mahomes as opposed to Mitch Trubisky. Would, would Nagy still be coaching the Bears? Would, uh, would, would you know, just the basic skill of Patrick Mahomes – have been significantly better than the basic uh, skill of Mitch Trubisky. And therefore, when you started developing it in a different way, would that have – I don't know the answer to it. I don't know the answer. I think, it, you know, he went into a perfect situation. He got to wait his turn, and then he was more than ready to step in and do everything. But that, that, that guy's got a lot going for him. He would have been the greatest player on a mediocre team. Or he would have been somebody who you looked at and stood out and uh, he's a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback regardless of the talent around him, but you would have been lamenting the talent around him. Well, but and that, that is all true. But think about 2018 with that defense, how good that defense was. Defense was. If you put Patrick Mahomes under center on that team, it's a totally different deal. True. He would have made a lot of players better. So, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, you didn't have a lot of faith, and, and but you still don't have a lot of faith, frankly, and where the Bears are at. 2018 is the one thing that probably gives me pause in being that definitive because 2018 was a special year in Chicago, and had they been able to capitalize on that, if Patrick Mahomes were the quarterback in that setting, maybe. But I just have so much doubt surrounding the Bears that they have earned after what happened. They haven't been able to handle success, so would they have been able to, to handle it differently if Mahomes was your quarterback? I heard Bill Polian talking on the uh, NFL Network, uh, and he was talking about um, how, how like what an unbelievable quarterback Steve McNair was and how he remembers going to the Senior Bowl and people from all over the South came to see Steve McNair. Now, I remember talking to some agents that were lining up to try to uh, hire Steve McNair because the year before, the Bears had taken John Theory from the same school. Alcorn and, State. Alcorn State. And, and uh, McNair was next, and he was this big-time guy. And Steve McNair ended up going to Tennessee and got to a Super Bowl. Didn't win a Super Bowl, but got to a Super Bowl um, with a very mediocre team, frankly. Um, if you took a guy like that and you put him on – a team that had other strengths, how good could that guy have it's a, been? It's a great question. It's, so a, it's, it's a fun hard, hypothetical. Yeah, but but there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes landed in the perfect spot with the perfect coach, and I think it's uh, I think it's fascinating to kind of conjecture about it. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got some people who want to check in. We're going to get to your calls next. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. What is that? 
This is the opening scene of the movie Groundhog Day. Oh! <laughs> well played. Okay, that's pretty good. Wake up, Punxsutawney Phil. Remember me, Needle Nose Ned? <laughs> uh, well played. 312-644-6767. We have a lot of people that want to check in on this Groundhog's Day, and we will start with Kevin. Kevin's in Palatine. Hi, Kevin. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I'm okay with the Cubs getting a B. I'm still irritated. They did not get a Abreu, but nothing of, uh, on the off off field. But why the Sox got an F? Ben Attendee's a good player, but he hit five homers last year. Mm-hmm. The, the the players who ran the White Sox, who were the best players on the team in the second half of the year, Cease is a superstar. He's back. The other three best players on the team last year were Abreu, Elvis Andrus, and Johnny Cueto. And how on earth they think they're going to replace Johnny Cueto, who pitched eight innings every game. And, you know, I, I, I was reading another Chuck Garfine article the other day, and he was talking about how he expects a huge year out of Kopech. A huge year out of Michael Kopech? He's 27. He's not a kid anymore, guys. And he's already behind with the knee surgery. So I, I, I'm, we're not going to talk about any of the off-field stuff. This is supposed to be the second parade that Rick Hahn promised this year. This is the middle of the window. They don't have a catcher. They don't have a second baseman. And they lost three of the four best players on their team in the second half of the year. They didn't replace them. It's an absolute F. It's an F minus. It's just, it is what it is. Their, their, their total in Vegas is 83 wins. That's not a World Series team. That's not any a team anyone's taking seriously. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. Make some good points about the fact that White Sox never replaced Abreu, have yet to address the second base hole that is gaping, and they haven't gone outside the organization to address that. Elvis Andres is not back yet, and Johnny Cueto is down in Miami getting ready to go out and surprise Marlins fans with his amazing durability and personality. So, yeah, I can see. By the disappointment, I would probably push back a little bit, Kevin. I think Andrew Benintendi, despite the power that he didn't show last year, good signing. You needed an outfielder to play the outfield. Good signing. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely you needed. But, but David, I mean, like just, just I don't know if you're keeping a list, but how many years running have you needed a right fielder? Roughly. I well, mean, what, 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 when is 23 while. minus uh, 05? Let's say 18. Yeah, yeah it okay. feels that way. Jermaine Die, that, yeah. that was the last right fielder you felt really good about. You, you paid Alex Rios for some reason to block him from Boy, going elsewhere. That's a name from the past. But, uh, you know, I don't know that you've really done anything in terms of getting a right fielder. Uh, that's been a long time. The second base position, it's been a while, right? The backup catcher, catcher, whatever, it's taken some time. Um, Ozzie dismissed yeah. that, and I was surprised. He dismissed that as being something that not worthy of complaint, yeah. but I do think it is because it was a need that they identified. The starter position, the extra starter well, that's a position. big deal. You, you addressed it just you, with the wrong guy. You addressed it, yeah. You, yeah. you paid $12 yeah. million dollars for a giant distraction. Yes, and, um, you know, I, I just think that – it's hard to look at the White Sox and feel like they've resolved any of the issues they had going into okay, the season. Okay, I'll change it D minus to an F. No, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not, you know, listen, I understand. It's hard to it's hard to even say White Sox without an F. Um but but the fact is, let alone spell it, um S O Lincoln Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, but I, I do think that when I view the Sox through the lens of a Sox fan, which is how I like to look at them, I think that they, they're they asking for a lot of things to change just by a change of manager. Maybe that's all it takes. Maybe they're right. Maybe they just need a change of manager. But that doesn't seem to be – that. that's what they are expecting to sort of all of a sudden change the career trajectory of a lot of guys – and and uh, also the motivation, et cetera. They, they are asking a lot, in my opinion. It's a reasonable expectation to think that Pedro Grafol can get more out of guys that allowed complacency to creep in. If you yep. want to look at that as his strength, great. But you've got to help out any manager by addressing needs that yes. uh, still exist and you identified at the end of the season as ones that you would address. He makes guys more healthy. Does he? Can anyone? Let's try uh, Perry. Perry's listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Perry. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, you know that Groundhog Day song? That'd be a great song for the Bulls introduction, <laughs> uh, if you ask me. <laughs> you, you, got, you got Marky Mark and his bum bunch this year. Let me tell you, that this AK and ME, those guys, the organization is not is not in a, in a good spot. All, all kidding aside with the jokes. Um, and we don't need to go back into all the mistakes that they made, not keeping marking in, to picking Patrick Williams, trading, getting Bruce, giving two first-rounders away. Bottom line is this. A good GM, a good uh, president, they know when the team's going absolutely nowhere, and they get what they can and regroup. To me, um, you know, it's unfortunate that they won't have a pick this year's draft because it's a great draft. I think they keep theirs. If it's a top four, it's protected. I don't know how that works quite, quite honestly. But I think Dallas is a great trading partner. They need they need a center. They need Vucevic. Powell sucks. They need Vucevic and maybe trade him with Caruso. I think that would be a good package. Get something for those guys. But my bottom line is this team's going nowhere, and I won't go over all the mistakes they've made. And hopefully they can make some, um, you know, some some trades here and go in the right direction. Thanks. Thanks, Perry. I think that when AK made some of these trades, we applauded his aggressiveness. They needed that kind of approach. They needed to put themselves in a position to do what they did last year, and that was be a fun team that fell short of expectations, but they were good. Now, good executives acknowledge their mistakes, and they recognize the time to hit reset and do it again, and I think the Bulls have reached that point. 312-644-6767. We'll get into it a little bit later in the program. We are going to welcome in our guy, Brad Biggs, next. He's down in Mobile, Alabama, watching senior bowl practices. We're going to ask him about the pace of the practices, what he's seeing from from the head coach, uh, the Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, talking yesterday about uh, the offense, about the quarterback, and – and we'll get into all of it with Big Z. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Yeah, whatever. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Destination. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.